the Fober McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Matt Tucker. We will join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. If a neighbor in distress came to your door, would you help him? Of course you would. But not everyone who needs help can come to you personally. It may be a flood victim in Ohio, the victim of an earthquake in California, of a hurricane in Texas, or it might be your boy or your neighbor's boy in Korea needing an emergency furlough to come home. Disaster can strike in many places and for as many reasons. And when it does strike, even though you might not be there to help in person, you can help through your Red Cross. That's why the Red Cross volunteer calls on you. He calls in the name of the helpless and injured of the little girl who needs blood to save her life, of the serviceman who must fly to the bedside of his dangerously ill-parented child. When you join the Red Cross, you help them all wherever they may be. So when the Red Cross volunteer comes to your door, meet him with a smile and answer the call. Join and serve, and wear your Red Cross button proudly. It means that in any emergency, in any disaster, you are there serving humanity. <laughs> ago, Mr. McGee volunteered to operate Kroby's Variety Store for a while, so the owner could take a much-needed rest and look for a pigeon to buy the place. For a brief rundown on the retail business, stay tuned to Fibber McGee and Molly. We went with that raffle I run Friday, we took in over 80 bucks. And with the sale we had Saturday, it just goes to show all this place needs is my idea. This joint could be a gold mine. Dear, if this was a gold mine, your pick would have a broken handle. So that's not... I'm curious, kiddo. I've been thinking about it. And from where I'm sitting, this Quilby Variety Store looks like a good investment. Miss Quilby said she'd take a thousand bucks for it, and boy, I could make a miss. McGee, I don't like to be a wet blanket. But if we did lose our heads and decide to buy the place, and if we did, we deserve to lose our heads clear down to the shoulders, where would we get a thousand dollars? Getting the money ain't important. The main ingredient is in running a business and need ideas, and I got a man of them. I know. First thing this store needs is publicity, promotion. Tell the public about Quilby's Variety Store. Make them Quilby conscious. Advertise. All of which cost money. Ha-ha, but not the way I do it. I got a promotion stunt today that's going to make Quilby's a household word. Like tobacco sauce. <laughs> that's right, only hotter. I'm going to cover this town by radio. Radio? Oh, McGee, a radio show costs money. We can't stop it. Ah, don't you worry. This won't cost us a cent. I got a gimmick. The radio station won't even know about it. I'm going down to WGIS and, hey, what time is it? That's how are you going to... 10.30. Oh, my gosh, i got to stand. Got to be over at the radio station at 11 o'clock and got to go by Wink's house first. But, McGee, what are you planning to you do? You can handle the store okay till I get back. Be sure and tune in WGIS at 11 o'clock, Molly. Yeah. I haven't got time to explain it now. Tune in WGIS at 11. You'll find out. Yeah. Don't like it. Oh, WGIS, 11 Mr. Limble, tell me more. Well, that's all. Mr. McGee just said he wanted to borrow them, grab them, and run. Said he'd bring them back later. You sure it was your riding boots you took? No, they, they weren't mine. My boots were too small. He borrowed three faces. Your wife? Did she wear McGee's size? Yes. Yeah. She's a big one. 
I just can't imagine why Mizzou would borrow Mrs. Wimple's riding boots, can you? Yes, first I thought maybe it was the kind of animals week and he was going riding. But I looked it up and it isn't. It's drop everything and make out that taxi can and mail it in if you know what's good for you week. So that can't be it. Well, he went out of here in a big hurry. But, oh, looks like we have a customer. Dr. Jones. Hello, Doctor. Is there something I can do? Uh, certainly is. You can tell me where that, that husband of yours is, Molly. If I get my hands on him... My goodness, what's the trouble, Doctor? He ducked into my office a while ago while I was painting a sore throat, and he walked off with my camera and my brand-new deer rifle. What? Yelled something over his shoulder about bring it back later and scrammed. That gun cost $200, and if he... Well, I wish I knew what's going on. He borrowed Mrs. Wimble's riding boots, and now you're gunning camera. Uh, you two didn't have a toy, did you, Mrs. McGee? No, why? Well, he might be running away to join the foreign legion. I'm glad he took the camera. I'd love to see how he looks in his new uniform. You better bring that gun back before he joins no, any no, party. No, 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 Dr. Gamble. He's not joining the Legion. Yeah. When he left here, he said he was going to the radio station. But what he wants with a camera... The radio station? Oh, my goodness. What time is it? Five after 11. Why? Just grab that little radio there and plug it in. Turn it on. But what are you... Hurry up, Doctor. He told me 11 o'clock. Oh, I hope we're not too late to find out what this is. <laughs> to Vista in a minute. A cynic once remarked, two things are inevitable, death and taxes. Maybe you feel that you personally can't do much about reducing taxes, but you most certainly can do something about reducing the yearly death toll. Smoking in bed, for instance, may be fun, but it can also be dangerous. Your troubles seem far away when you see them through a fog of smoke as you lie back relaxed. Then out you go like a light, but not your cigarette. The cigarette slips from your hand and finds plenty of fuel for a fire with you in the middle. Carelessness, such as falling asleep while smoking in bed, is responsible for 90% of America's fires. And every 20 seconds throughout the year, a fire breaks out somewhere in the United States. Of the 4,600 fires daily, almost 1,000 take place in homes, destroying about 340,000 homes annually. The loss of property in the United States because of fire is about $7 million a year. You can help reduce this appalling and unnecessary waste by observing simple safety rules. WBIS, Doctor. What's this? Well, I'm trying to get it, but I don't understand. When he left here, he said he was going to get some free advertising on the radio. Said tune in WBIS at 11. WBIS? Well, that's Marty Dockerty's slapper party. It's a very popular show. Oh, yeah. But it's already sponsored. The bond fund department store. Uh, I know Marty, and he doesn't give away anything for free. He's a very shrewd character. He's already sold his appendix to the medical school, and I haven't even taken it out yet. Listen now. And that was Ralph Flanagan and his orchestra and Stranger in Paradise. And now for the high spot of the week, your favorite Monday feature, Men of Action. This week's guest is a man who has spent most of the last 20 years traveling and writing in Africa. What's this all about? I met this adventurer this morning quite by accident. And when you hear the fabulous experiences he's had in his travels through Africa with riding boots, gun, and camera, I'm sure you'll be as taken with the man as I was. Riding boots, gun, and camera? Oh, Marty, have you been taken? I give you now this week's Man of Action... Mr. Flabber McSpee. That's McGee, bud. Oh, sorry. Mr. Flabber McGee. Please skip it. Tell us, Mr. McSpee, how does it feel to be back in the States? States? Oh! Oh, fine, Marty. A little quiet, of 
course, after the excitement I'm used to, hunting wild game. Oh, brother, the wildest game he ever saw was hide and seek. Listen, Doctor. But he came for a man like you, I suppose. I wonder how he expects to get any free advertising. I'm sure our audience would like to hear some of your adventures, Mr. McSpee. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they would. Well, sir, I guess the most unusual experience I had was at Corby's Outpost back there on, uh, in, in Africa. That's Q-U-I-L-B-Y apostrophe S. Corby. Oh, isn't he sly? I'd uh, rather you didn't mention names like that, Mr. McSpee. You see, our sponsor is the great Bonton department store. Oh. Well, that name you mentioned just happens to be another business concern here in town. Oh, is that so? Uh, yes, just a coincidence, of course. Quilby's, huh? You mean that friendly variety store at 13th and Oak where you can buy on credit, open Friday night till 9, parking in the rear? Oh, listen to him. You were telling us about your experience uh, in Africa. Why do you kill him? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, sir? I was on a safari out of Johannesburg. That's just east of Quilby, which is a good name to remember. You know what a safari is, don't you? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I just wondered. It's not a very well-known animal in the States, and a lot of people never saw one. But like I say, I was sitting on my faithful old safari, riding down the trail, when all at once this huge, gigantic lion leapt out in front of me. Well, that sounds pretty frightening. Well, sir, he opened his mouth and bared his fangs. And when I looked at that mouth full of gleaming crockery, it reminded me of that window full of beautiful crockery at Quilby's Variety Store at 13th and Oak, where they got a sale on dishes all this week. Uh, that's fine, that's fine. Well, our time is running a little short here. Yes, sir. We're a little late, folks. But before I go, I want to sing an African song for you. The war chant of the secret and mysterious Yakahula tribe in darkest Africa. Oh, an African war chant, eh? Well, we can take time for that, all right. Yeah, it's very interesting. They all gather around in a circle and they beat their feet, you see. And then they chant, like this. Oh, 
Peter and Dolly will be right back. You'll enjoy the thrill-filled entertainment that's yours for the listening each Tuesday evening on the NBC radio network. There's comedy intermingled with murder each Tuesday evening when Frank Sinatra portrays footloose and fancy-free Rocky Fortune. Every week, Rocky finds himself a new and exciting job, and his continually changing occupations each bring another program packed with pulse-paced adventure. Listen every Tuesday evening to Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Then for two-fisted private detective work, call on Barry Craig as portrayed by William Gargan. You'll enjoy every action-packed moment of Barry Craig. So be sure to tune here tomorrow for another of his rough-and-tumble encounters with mystery and intrigue. Also on Tuesday, tune to the NBC radio network for Dragnet. Dragnet, the true stories of your police force in action. From crime to punishment, Dragnet takes you step-by-step on the side of the law in the solution of an actual crime. Dragnet, starring Jack Webb as Sergeant Joe Friday, is one of the week's finest radio shows. Hear it tomorrow. starting to bang on the front door when we went out the back, Molly. I know, I heard them. Of all the silly messes to get into. Yeah, but don't approve what I told you, though. All that story needs is a little advertising, a little promotion. Boy, if I could raise a thousand bucks and buy that place, I could clean up. Yes, you do that. Buy the store? No, clean up. Dinner's almost ready. Good. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> NBC has brought you the Feather McGee and Molly program transcribed. And Bill Thompson is Wallace Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan is Dr. Gamble, and Jack Moyles is Marty Dort. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Feather McGee and Molly. Here an address by President Eisenhower on the NBC radio network.